a week off, that bubble week between Christmas and New Year's. I take that off every year. My daughter's home from school. She's in high school. And my husband takes that week off too. So we celebrate, have some family time. And then I really use that week to just kind of regroup, settle in. I, I sleep in. I putter around the house, get projects done that I wanted to finish. And just have nothing scheduled. I don't, this year we, we took a trip to the coast, so that was great, but we try not to schedule anything because I find that I need to regroup creatively and I need, and I need the unscheduled time. And by unscheduled, I mean, when I open my calendar book, I don't want to see a to-do list. I don't want to see places I have to be, appointments I need to be at. So, I intentionally do not schedule anything for that week or most of that week. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get stuff done. Of course we do. I just need the freedom to not have to do it if I don't want. And yet I work almost the whole time. So what do I mean by that? What does that look like? Because I did not come in to sit in the office at the computer, paid bills, did those things on my phone, you know, the business aspect that I had to get done. But I did not come in here and sit at the computer by myself to write. And yet I worked the whole week. And I'm not the only writer who does this or feels like this. I mean, you hear writers often talk about going on vacation and coming home with loads of magazine article ideas or or content ideas or book ideas, or they met somebody interesting that they want to track down for a profile or an essay or a character in a book, whatever it is. Writing is one of those odd jobs that, uh, and, and I love this about it, but it happens all the time because writing happens not only in what we put on the page, but in how we live our lives. So it can be difficult to have boundaries in place. Now, it used to be I worked at the computer every day, all every weekend, all of this. That was not conducive to my mental health, my family's health, my friendships, any of those things. It became so all-consuming because I like to do it, right? And I worked myself to a point in my early years where... Um, where I didn't like to do it as much. So I had to tailor that back. But what we all know, and you know what I'm talking about here, is that writing happens in three arenas. To get a finished piece, a book, or a a novel, or an article, or an essay, you've got to write with your heart, write with your head, and then write on the page. Right? What does that mean? Listen, I think everything we write about comes from the heart first. It's that tinge, it's that emotion, it's that experience we're having that impacts us, that we think, oh, this is a problem, or oh, I wonder how they're dealing with this, or this is interesting. That It's that feeling, the heart that we get when we land on a new idea, or we think about something we want to explore, or read or learn because writing is the conduit for all of that so when I say I worked all week but I didn't ever sit down on the computer it was a lot of that as my mind slowed as I got more rest and I did different things with my family right there was a break in the routine we watched different shows we went different places we played games my day was structured in a different way I even sat in a different place so my creative energy kind of came back into that. It became interesting again. I became curious because I was seeing things a new way and that 
posed questions and thoughts. As I relaxed, I started to think about the writing process, the things I wanted to develop. I'll give you an example. I was cleaning out a drawer of old clothes and I pulled out a shirt that triggered a memory and it was fun. As I cleaned out that drawer, I was thinking of these things and how would this idea, this memory work into an essay and what's significant about it. So that is the writing, right? That is work. It's just we often associate work with a negative thing. And I don't think it's that at all. It's it's the expression. It's the playing with the imagination. It's the detailing and observing and feeling that really results in good writing. And that has to start in the head. And you're not exactly sure where that's going to go or when that's going to happen for sure. But here's how I think about it. Everything is material. So I know that anything I do can work itself into the characterization of my protagonist in the novel or into an article idea. I had a bad night's sleep, several in fact, over the holidays. And I woke up thinking about, obviously I'm not alone in that. A lot of us aren't sleeping well. And are there unique things I can learn, different things than what I already know that can help me sleep better? And my trip down that rabbit hole, those questions, that curiosity, will emerge into a podcast topic, I think, for Simply Said, and probably an article, too. Simply Said is my other podcast about how to live well. So you can see how all these ideas go from our heart, this feeling we get, into something mental, right? That's the next stage of writing. That's where writing happens in the mind. Now, this looks like all different kinds of things. You hear pantsers and plotters, and and those are loose definitions for people who plan everything out they write in their novel, and pantsers who just sit down and start writing. Even that process of just sitting down and start writing is a way of working it out in our head, right? That's where writing happens next. You get the feeling, you get the sense, you get the idea. And then for me during last week, my time away, and really all the time for me, this is how this phase happens. I start making notes. I jot in my notebook, which I'm surrounded by, or my journal, and I start thinking, huh, if I'm having this problem, I wonder who else is, and what could this develop into, and is this something I can learn about? And I start to, sometimes it's a mind map, like a just scrawling notes and lines associating this creative feeling, this creative idea with something more tangible and structured. Sometimes it's a loose outline, and I'm not talking about the outlines that your English teacher taught you. I'm talking about just a sentence in a row, like, what about this? What about this? Could mention this. Is there something to this? I'll scrawl it across a notebook. There's no grammar. There's, I don't worry about my handwriting. I, I, I try to make it legible so that I can come back and read it. That doesn't always work, <laughs> but it's really just a spouting of these feelings that I had in the heart when the idea started to take shape. And, and the heart is where, oh, I wonder if, and then the work in the writer's mind for me really becomes like, okay, if that happened, then this is how it could play out on the page. 
this is where the market would be, or this could be part of the character in my novel. Whatever it is, I start to, to fit a place with this idea. I start to pose questions that might need to be answered in research. I start to think of markets and structure for the piece. Now, this is nothing formal. I would never show it to anyone, but it's like, huh, is this more of a novel? Is this more of a nonfiction book? Is there a bigger thing at work here? Or is this just a, a piece of content for my blog or for the Psychology Today blog? Is this an idea for a blog of one of my clients? Could this work into something? Sometimes it can go many places, but that's the head part for me. I do this on a notebook. I You could do this on a notes app on your phone. You could do this on your computer. I think you should do this phase in the arena where you feel more creative, where you write the best. If you feel free on the computer, do this on the computer or your notes app on your phone or text yourself. Uh, for me, you know, I'm a pen and ink girl. So I'll sit down in my uh, notebook and I'll just start scrawling things. Then the last phase of writing for me happens on the page. At some point, you have to get this stuff that's loosey-goosey and intangible and bring it and give it shape on the page. Now, it doesn't have to be in good shape in the first draft, and I'm going to do an upcoming show about first drafts and second drafts, what those look like for me. But my first draft is just, some writers call it the vomit draft. I just throw it up. I throw everything I have in those notes into some shape with a beginning, a middle, and an end. So for an article, I'll start that first draft with uh, a loose lead, L-E-D-E, they call it in magazine and newspaper, the old school, but it's an opening, right? I'll, I'll spit it out into an opening. I'll structure it into uh, three main points or a theme, the focus sentence, and then the points that are going to support that focus sentence. And then I'll fill in the piece and have an ending. And this can look pretty crappy. Often it's incomplete sentences. Uh, it could be leads that are changed 50 times, but I get it out into some structure. So this is where you take the heart, the head part that you've been playing with on the page, and you throw it up into physical form uh, on, on the computer. And this is the writing now. You'll fill in the gaps of research. You will shape it into something that's polished and appropriate for the market you have in mind. You'll finish the chapter, whatever it is. But those three things really have to happen for me each time. Now, here's a problem I ran into last year. Last year, I was having a hard time breaking through some of these ideas and what I wanted to do with them. I was indecisive. And so I stayed in this pondering phase in this mind phase for too long on several projects. I had a list of things I wanted to get out there in the world last year. And I didn't produce as much as I usually do. I didn't publish as much as I usually do. I was almost overwhelmed by the size of some of these ideas. And the other part of this is I love that creative phase of coming up with a hard idea, right? With, with the heart of an idea, literally. And then working it out and outlining and shaping and bringing in new ideas and notes about things I could add and weirdo things to put in and information I needed, people I could talk to, all of that. And so I deluded myself into think I was working. Now I was working. That's part of it. That mind fizz, right? But we have to move from these other aspects of writing, the feeling and the thinking, 
and get it out. Take the action to put it up on the page so that we can get it out in the world. Really, being a professional writer, you can write whatever you want in your journal and do your other projects that are never going to see the light of day. And I have plenty of those because I like that act of it. But being a professional means creating a sustainable business. And that means getting income. I only get paid when I publish, when I go public with something. And to last in this industry, I have to publish more than I did last year. You know, I've been here before. I've been doing this a long time. But I look back at the year ahead, and while there was some great success and some things I'm really proud of and happy with, I was frustrated with myself too. When I realized how long I stayed in this development mindset, right? Because I like it there better. It came easier to me. It's exciting to develop the loose outline and structures and the way we can play with a story. But ultimately, we are storytellers. It's not enough to feel it, to think about it, to draft it. We have to also tell it. We have to share it with someone else. And so that's something I'm much more focused on this year. I have these ideas now that have been vetted and structured in a way where they're ready to actually start cranking on, to start the carving, to start the writing and revision. And I have another project that's been in the works for a couple of years that I can finish this year. So as I was, uh, you know, puttering around the house in the last week, I realized that I've been too much in the mind part. Now it's the active writing part, okay? It's all active. So, you know, it's all writing. A friend of mine was having a similar experience over the holidays and she was frustrated with herself because she felt like she wasn't getting the work done because she wasn't doing the writing. But she was at a point in her work where she needed more of the the thinking, right? The minding. She needed to do the mind work and uh, figure out some openings and other stuff like that. And so even while she wasn't at the desk writing, she was solving problems in her work that now she can take back to do it. Here's the thing. Whatever phase we're in, heart, head, or page, we need to be deliberate about it. I stayed in the head too long on some of these projects. Now I'm being very deliberate. I need to spend time at the desk cranking it out, getting the first draft done. When you are in the development phase where you have the idea, now you need to see if it can develop into something and that creative exploration of those ideas and the note taking and all of that, which for me is the most fun part. Be deliberate in that. It used to be in the early days that I skipped this step. Right, I didn't make the connection that much of writing happens in the head before you ever sit down. And it can happen while you're doing other things. Give your unconscious a, a problem to solve or deliberately think about how you're gonna get a character to the city hall when she's trapped in her house. Whatever it is, you know, ferret out the problem or the question of the work and the markets and think about them deliberately. Now, if you want to write while you're doing this, it's fine. That's part of the mind process for me. But leave yourself time to do it. Many people I know get an idea and they go straight to the writing and they want to have a finished draft and sell it, you know, by the end of the week. Fine. If you've got some experience, there are some things I can now do that with. If I'm writing a magazine article, I often can see the shape the article is going to take uh, from the day I get the assignment because I've done hundreds of them. So you'll get better at parts of this and, and you probably already have expertise in certain writing areas so you can see the story appear. 
But many other things, especially longer works, books of nonfiction, novels, other pieces like that, really benefit from time in deliberate thinking. So what does this look like? I'm going to tell you about that. When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you how to schedule this heart, mind, and page process to get the most from your writing. When we come back on Simply Write with Polly, part of the Creators Network of Electric House. We are back on Simply Write with Polly on the Creators Network of Electricast. And this is the podcast where we talk about the writer's crafting, crafting a writer's life. And today we're talking about working when you're not working, right? You know what I'm talking about. When you're not sitting at the desk typing anything out, but your mind is ruminating and thinking and working over problems in your story or uh, idea that you landed on something you felt that you want to explore and write about and find a market for. That's all part of writing. And I think sometimes we lean too heavily on one side or the other. In my earlier days, I didn't really think about how much time writers put into the thinking and experimenting phase, even of a piece they know they're going to write and publish, right? And I, when I wrote my first book, Imperfect Spirituality, I really landed on that. Like, Okay, I was not, when I sold that proposal, I was not ready to sit down and write the whole book. I had to flesh out what aspects of the book were going to be about. Now, in nonfiction, you write a proposal, you sell that proposal on the idea of the book, and then you go back and write the book. So I had a proposal. I knew the things I wanted to include in the book. I knew where the chapters would lie. But then to fill, to put the meat on those bones, right? To, to fill in uh, a topic about, say, self-compassion or acceptance with details and, and personal stories and research. And that takes a lot of thinking. And that's the mental side. That's the deliberate side. What I often did early on in my career is I skipped that side until I got to the computer. So I'd get an idea, I'd sell the magazine story idea, I'd sit down and start typing and not really writing because I wasn't ready to write yet. I needed to spend some time in the story development phase. And I'm not talking about developing your business here. That's a whole nother thing. I'm talking about developing the story. What is the structure that this story is going to work? Is this a book? Is this an essay? Is this an article? Do you need research? Who are you going to talk to? What's fun about it for you? What appeals to you? Because if you go to that emotion, that heart aspect, that is probably going to appeal to your readers too, because we are emotional beings, right? If I'm having a problem, chances are you've experienced that same problem and either can relate or can help me through my issue. This is the point. This is the what makes writing so powerful. It allows us to play and learn and grow. And, and I'm talking about every kind of writing from novel to nonfiction to content writing to all of it. It's designed to connect. So as I said earlier in the show, it's not enough to have the idea we then have to start playing with the scaffolding for the idea, the markets, the way we're going to write the thing, the characterization, all those elements. And that is the mind part of it. And then the writing, we need to sit down and get our butt in the chair and do the work. And it's going to feel messy and sloppy and awkward. And for me, it feels a lot more uncomfortable than the sitting in that idea development phase when I'm like, and then I can do this, and then it could be structured like this, and what if I try this? That feels very creative. The first draft of the writing, 
It doesn't feel as creative to me. Now that comes later in the process. Second draft and beyond feels very creative, but getting the structure out, putting the scaffolding out there in that early draft is a really hard thing for me. And it feels uncomfortable and not good enough. And that's just part of it. I know intellectually that's where I need to lie, but I don't like it, right? It feels uncomfortable. So you can stay in one of these phases too long. Maybe you're impatient and you're like, yeah, this is a great idea. I want to write about this. And you sit down and start writing it out right away. But you realize you don't have the meat of it yet because you haven't spent any time in that development phase. You need to go back and do that. You need to have deliberate thinking time. And that's what I did a lot of last week. When I started to stumble over ideas and think about writing again, I challenged myself to sit down for a half hour with a notebook and a cool pen and not be precious about the notebook or my writing or the grammar or any of it. Just slop ideas out around a certain thing. So I have an essay idea that is coming out from an experience I had with hip replacement surgery. And I, I just put that at the top of the page and I, I messed around with it. Well, what if I try it this way? Or that might not work. That doesn't feel right. What details do I need to put in? And I started to answer those questions just in a very loosey-goosey kind of way in the work. Now, this week, I've come back and I'm starting to put... Uh, those ideas now and those notes into the computer in a finished format, which is going to change about a million times because rough drafts are for that. But I have an opening now that came from that thinking, that deliberate mental time. I have uh, the main theme, the focus of what I want that essay to do, to explain, to share. And I have an idea about an, a scene that I want to create to support that larger theme and and all that came from first having a feeling an experience and then sitting down and giving myself a half hour sometimes it takes much more than this I mean I can spend hours uh, shaping a, a book and then each chapter takes extra time too right but find the process that works for you do it on your notes app or on the computer, however it is for you, but leave your time to do it. This is the biggest tip I'm going to give you today. Have deliberate planning, thinking, pondering time around your single idea. Be deliberate. Be specific. If you want to write a novel, be specific in giving a half hour of uh, this kind of active thought the mental writing, the mind part of writing to characterization of your main character or whatever aspect of the novel you're at. You want to write, you want to publish a magazine piece or a site piece this year, give yourself a half hour to really delve into that specific idea and how you would structure it and set it up on the page. And then you take that information and you bring it to the page and do the final phase of writing. And that's writing. And that goes on a long time. So be patient with yourself. We'll talk about the different phases of actually putting this stuff on the page when we're talking in terms of drafts and so forth in the weeks to come. But right now, give some time to the the idea, the story, the meat of it, right? Give some time to deliberate thinking and planning and processing and what that would look like. It can take any form you want this planning process, this mind part of writing, but 
you'll your work will be served better and it will be easier for you to write if you give attention to this your assignment for the week is to give this a try right set aside a half hour of time plan to sit down keep it make it as part of your work day sit down for a half hour with your notes app or a notebook and pen however you want to record these thoughts and start to noodle around an idea you're working on now uh, or one you want to work on and develop this year. So for example, I am uh, developing a series of classes uh, for writers. And so I sat down and I spent a half hour just jotting notes about the kind of classes I want to create, the kind of experience I want writers to have, when I would do this, what I hope to convey, the types of topics we would cover, all of those kind of things. I just thought about that specific project for a half hour. Now I'm ready to bring that in to the computer and I will structure those classes and start developing the work that's gonna go out to the world. And some projects require more than a half hour, but start with a half hour today and just go through it, brainstorm, let everything out and see how you feel during the process, pay attention to that and after, if it gives you some threads to start on. Remember, you can call this an outline and you can do an outline. I don't wanna get that formal in my mind because it freaks me out. So I'm just loose, I'm just gonna jot notes. That's how I think about it. Find the way that works for you, but remember, Every good piece of writing comes from your heart, your mind, and on the page. And you need to leave time and give attention to each of those three components to get your piece. That's your assignment for the week. Give it a try. And that sound means it's time for what's in the desk. All right, the thing I'm gonna talk about this week, one of my favorite little tricks is, first of all, you know my desk is piled with all kinds of notebook. I have A5s and B6s. I, I have tons of notebooks around and scratch pads and all of that, uh, as well as digital applications. So I use it all, but I have these little pocket notebooks. In fact, for Christmas, my husband got me a stack of five of these. These are about the size of your palm or, or your pocket. If you know your paper, they're often called the A6 size uh, or a pocket notebook. Field notes is a good example and a great brand. And I have a bunch of field note notebooks, but over for the Christmas holiday, my husband got me a stack of five of these little A6 notebooks. They fit in my hand, they fit in my purse, they fit in my bag, they fit in my pocket, they fit everywhere, and they're not precious. They're just made from a craft cardstock brown paper, and they have uh, quality paper inside that I can use with my fountain pens, but it's not fancy, it's nothing expensive or fancy, and so I don't care what I write. Right, they can be my shopping list, which they have been. They can be notes to remind me to call somebody, or they can be the thing that I write in when I'm reading something and I get a snippet of an idea where I don't want to interrupt myself. So I keep reading, but I write the idea down. I also use them on my desk when I'm writing so that as I'm going through the article or the chapter, I can pull out notes and remind myself to check on a piece of information instead of stopping what I'm doing in the piece. Now, sometimes I do this right in the copy too, but I like to write it down better because then I don't have to go back and hope to find all the loose ends in the piece. I don't want to miss things. So, and plus I can carry the notebooks with me everywhere. So, and I have them everywhere. I have one on my desk and I've one out by uh, the remote control. I have one by my bed. 
like these are truly just little pieces of paper that I can scribble anything on and get it out of my head so I can continue with my forward progress. And that's how I use them. And I think they're awesome. And that's what's in the desk today. All right, writers, it's about time to wrap this baby up so we can get back to work. A um, couple of quick hits. Uh, one, you can find out more about these topics and other things I'm doing and talk about the craft of writing at simplywrite.substack.com. That's our Simply Write community. It's free to join. And uh, I have essays there, craft ideas, tips, cheats, all kinds of stuff. Find it there. And another heads up I want to give you, Amy Patterell, who's been a guest on the show. She's an award-winning essay writer and fantastic writer, is offering an essay writing class. Now, her work has appeared all over the place, including New York Times and Washington Post and all over the place. Uh, and I'm taking this class because this is something I want to learn more about and get better at. And I think Amy's a great person to show me the way. So her class starts January 22nd, 2024. And you can learn more about that at simplywrite.substack.com. That's our Simply Write community. It's free to subscribe. So do that. And for readers of that newsletter and the show, she offers a special discount. So if you want to join me in the essay writing class taught by Amy Patterell, and you can find her show, her, her show on Simply Write in our archives also. She's been a great podcast guest. So think about that if you want to learn about writing essays and publishing essays. She offers lots of perks and um, I'll be there. Maybe I'll see you January 22nd. Go to simplywrite.substack.com to learn about the special discount she's offering to our listeners and readers. All right, writers, it's time to get to work. Remember this as you go about your week, the words of C.S. Lewis. He says, you can make anything by writing. Now sit down and simply Right. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's his dad. No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big on this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid.